This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Seattle, Washington is a nice enough place. I've only been there once, certainly enjoyed my time, but it has not been a very hospitable place for the Pittsburgh Steelers to visit. They've only won there once in the lifetime of the franchise. It is not the place anybody wanted to see them going to on New Year's Eve, particularly under these circumstances to play a Seahawks team that's fighting for its life just like the Steelers are. Tim Benz with you. Breakfast with Ben's here at Trib Live. Steelers, Seahawks on New Year's Eve. I'll be part of the broadcast, the pregame show on DVE at noon Eastern time to get you ready for the 405 start locally. Steelers got to go out there. There's a path that they can get through. It's really murky if they lose this game to Seattle. They could possibly be eliminated if they lose it. A bunch of other things happen too, but for all practical purposes, If the Steelers lose, they're done. So they've got to figure out a way to win in Seattle eventually. Why not do it this year? Why not do it this week? And Ian Furness joining us right now to talk about it. Ian is a host at KJR Radio out in Seattle. We turn to him all the time for all things Seattle sports news. Ian, it's great to catch up with you again. How you been? Uh, Great, Tim. Good to hear your voice. Happy holidays to you and everyone in the Steel City. And yeah, it's a weird... It's a weird dynamic, isn't it? The fact that an AFC North team is coming to Seattle, an NFC West team, in week 17 of the schedule. I I don't quite get it, but here we are. What do people out in Seattle think of this matchup, particularly now knowing that for all intents and purposes, unless Tomlin wants to surprise everybody and declare Pickett healthy, it's going to be Mason Rudolph as the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. 
It's, it's interesting because, you know, here we are in Seattle after the longest losing streak in Pete Carroll's tenure as the coach, which ended with a win against Philadelphia on a Monday night to keep their playoff hopes alive and then a last-second win again, this time against uh, Tennessee last week. And I think people all along, you know, we're, we're chalking up, you know, the Pittsburgh and Arizona games, the last two games of the year, is just kind of automatic wins. And for a while, because the Steelers had some issues, it looked like that would be the case. And anybody who watched last weekend saw that Pittsburgh defense look like they can, even with a couple guys missing and Mason Rudolph and uh, and Pickens doing their thing. And now all of a sudden there's a little bit of, of nervous anxiousness here in Seattle. I think people are are not certainly thinking this is a gimme like they did maybe a couple weeks ago. And as we found out, honestly, Tim, with the Seahawks, there is no such thing as a gimme with this team this year. Every game seems to be close. Every game seems to be kind of a, a last-second uh, win or loss along the way, with the exception of the Giants' win and the Baltimore loss. It's, every game has been the same. So I would just tell people in Pittsburgh, get ready for another close game. It'll be excruciating. It'll be painful. It won't be a lot of fun unless you like really close games. But if you're, you're hoping to see your team on one side – walk away with this one. I think you'll be disappointed. It's going to be a close one, I'm sure. See, unless Geno is off or unless the pass protection in front of him is so bad, I could see him having a field day with those receivers against the Steelers' safeties and linebackers. I just don't know how the Steelers defend the middle of the field against the passing attack for Seattle. The problem is Seattle doesn't like throwing to the middle of the field. That's that's the issue. Um you know, and, and they're a curious team because, you know, protection has been an issue much. It feels like it's a common theme. I'm sure you've talked about it this year, Tim. I Like every team feels like they have gone through like a, a, a ton of offensive linemen. It, it, you know, I think Seattle's had nine different starting combinations in game. They've, they're about 15, I think, different combinations in game, not just starters. I mean, and, and so they've had some issues protecting Geno. If they protect him, he's fine. Uh, three dynamic receivers, DK Metcalf, uh, who people back there know I'm sure well, Tyler Lockett, who's just this under-the-radar guy that just makes every big third-down catch, especially late in the game. And then the kid from Ohio State, Jackson Smith and Jigba, has really come on as of late. So he's got weapons, does Geno. The question is, can they protect him against that Pittsburgh pass rush? Protection has been an issue. And Geno also has a tendency to hold the ball a little bit longer than I think the coaches would like at times. It's something that we saw Drew Locke not do as much when he played against Philadelphia. He kind of got rid of it a little quicker. Geno seems to be a guy that will hold on and wait things out a little bit. But uh, Seattle can't run the ball lately either. And so, you know, that's the other thing. You, you, sometimes you have to run a little bit to set up the pass. So I, I think it's a fascinating matchup. I, I certainly don't think it's a gimme that Geno's going to tear up a secondary. We thought they would do that last week against Tennessee, to be honest with you, Tim. I thought, I thought Tennessee would be a good matchup kind of a subpar secondary, but you saw what that pass rush of the Titans did. They got to Geno a few times. You mentioned the run game not being where they want it to be. Um, that could certainly help the Steelers so they know or they could be a little bit less concerned about stacking the box in that regard and, and maybe have the Seahawks be more one-dimensional. Uh, Lockett mm -hmm. is the guy who's actually concerning me more than anybody because, like you said, uh, he can pick up any third down when you need it. And I could just see him, or Fant for that matter, uh, hurting them over the middle. You said they don't throw the ball to the middle of the field too often, though. Has that been kind of a talking point in Seattle this year? Yeah, it, it, and I think part of it is they've got three tight ends, two of whom you mentioned Noah Fant certainly jumps out, and then 
you know, uh, Colby Parkinson has really come on. He got the game-winning touchdown last week, big target. He's, he's every bit of 6'8", big, strong kid, really has started to come into his own. Uh, those two guys have been factors. Will Disley, not so much. I think his, his injuries over his career have slowed him down. But, you know, when they – boy, when they're really effective, though, you'll see DK, you know, he'll run some slants. He'll run some sluggos. He'll do some things that start or end in the middle of the field, and that's where Metcalf can do damage because usually, you know, in those situations, depending on if the team's playing man or zone, a lot of times you'll see a DK Metcalf matched up against a linebacker or a safety, and you kind of it always scratch your head a little bit going, why aren't we seeing this more often? Because dude catches the ball, and he is still, if not, the, well, I mean, Tyreek Hill, number one, he might be number two in terms of flat-out straight-line speed in the NFL. So I think they'd like to do that more. I, like I said, I think part of it's just protection. Now, w- when Russ was the quarterback here, they didn't throw down the middle because he frankly couldn't see. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Tim. Russell Wilson's short. Uh, and, <laughs> and so that was part of the problem they had. Geno obviously isn't. Locke, when he played, isn't. I think everyone would like to see them use the middle of the field more. Maybe this is the week they do if they see that matchup that you're talking about. Ian Furness is with us from KJR Radio out in Seattle. How are they health-wise on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, we're speaking right now uh, mid-afternoon on Thursday Last yeah. I heard, they were just starting to see maybe uh, Witherspoon and Allen make it look like that they could be ready for game day. What are you hearing on uh, that side of the country when it comes to reports on, on them? Yeah, let's start with Devin Witherspoon, who's just been phenomenal as a, as a first-round pick. And they're five overall. He's a corner that plays both outside and they'll move him in on uh, when they go to nickel. They'll play him as a, as a slot corner and uh, it was funny. You'd get a kick out of this, Tim. I know you know the game very well. It's and and, and certainly people in Pittsburgh do too. There were people out here. There's some consternations. Like, wow, we're we're playing Witherspoon as a nickel. Like we drafted a guy number five overall to play nickel, and it's like, people, this that's a starting position in the NFL. And you <laughs> yes, can, it is. And you could and you can make an argument. It's the most important position because this this kid, man, he is downhill. He is a great tackler. He's not big, but he is a perfect guy to go inside outside. He's a difference maker. Uh, he really is a true difference maker. If he's healthy, uh, he changes a lot of what they want to do. I think on the other side, the other guy you mentioned, uh, Jamal Adams, he's not a difference maker. He thinks he is, but he's not. Uh, you know, they're they're not good with him in the lineup. I think it was. I think they're eight and twenty-one. I believe with him in the lineup. I, and, and those numbers. I'm sorry, eight and thirteen. I believe it is in the last twenty. 21 games with him in the lineup. He he just doesn't make plays. He is still coming off of that injury he suffered Monday Night Football opening game of 2022. Uh, he's been a problem in a lot of different ways for this team. Uh, he can't cover anybody. I mean, he, his coverage skills are. You and I might have a better chance. That that's that's he's just not a just not a good player right now. Julian Love, when he's played, they've been a better football team and a better just better secondary. Now there is a thought out here that if Adams is active and plays, that he would kind of take over the role that Love had. Love would be the second safety along with Quandre Diggs. Diggs plays a lot of post-safety, single high uh, as their free safety, but they'll they'll use Love more in coverage underneath. And if they do go big nickel, then maybe Adams would play that role. Although, you know, if you look at the PFF numbers, he can't cover and he can't defend the run. So I'm not sure how he helps his football team. I think he's actually a liability as does you know, most of the media core out here. And I think if you ask the Jets media core, they'd probably agree as well. Does Carol like him? Is that why that they keep going to him then? Sunken costs. Uh, You know, never has a safety in the NFL been traded for two first round picks. Seattle did that three years ago. 
Then they ended up because of that, they ended up having to sign him to a con. I mean, you, you know how it works. You, yeah. You've done that. You're going to sign him to a contract. It's the Russell Wilson thing. Like we've made this investment in terms of the equity. We've got it. We've got to keep him. They signed him to this contract. He's often injured, not just a catastrophic tendon injury last year, but just overall he's injured a lot. Uh, I think it's a, we've got to see if we can get something out of this, this sunken cost that we have. Um, Julian loves just a better football player right now. And part of it is, is Jamal isn't healthy. He can't cut. He can't go side to side. There was a, a really interesting play a couple of weeks ago and, you know, he was blitzing. He hasn't had a sack by the way, you know, in like two and a half years. Um, and, but he was blitzing and he literally couldn't take a cut to the right and, and make the play to get to the quarterback. I mean, it was, he had Brock Purdy in his, in, in the crosshairs. He just takes one little half of a cut, you know, from left to right. And it's a sack and it's a big play. And it might be a game changer because at that point, that game was close. He can't do it. His body just won't allow him to do it. Or he doesn't have the confidence to make that cut. So yeah, it's a sunken cost. It's a, it's a, you know, we're trying to prove that we were right. when We made this trade type of thing. You know how the NFL works. Egos come into play and, you know, not everybody has the, you know, has the stones that Sean Payton has to say, you know, I'm going to bench, you know, a player that everyone thinks is good or we've got a sunken cost. And now it's easier for Payton because he didn't make that trade or sign that contract with Russ. But I think that's why, why Adams is in there. But most, most people around here believe that, that he's just not a very good football player and certainly not on the same level as Julian Love right now. When the Steelers have been at their best, and that's, you know, a very generous term this season, but when they played their best football, the run game has been good. They won last week against the Bengals, and it was fine, but I still think that was about the Bengals being surprised about what Rudolph did more than anything. Um, yeah. When it comes to a defensive approach against Pittsburgh, how's Seattle's run defense been, and like, do you think that they will just throw all their attention at taking Pickens away and hope that Rudolph can hit everybody else? Do you think that'll be the mentality? I think it'd be the opposite. I think they're going to try to. I think they're going to sell out to them for the run, and and I think they they have to. It, you know, statistically, they got beat up on the ground the last couple of weeks. They've been kind of beat up on the ground. You know, at the start of the season, they were fine. It's fallen apart a little bit. They've changed their defensive front. They used they were in what they called it a three four, but it was a five two. Basically, they had five line, you know, two outside linebackers, three defensive linemen. They went back to a more traditional four three with the two outside linebackers. When they lost Chenna Nuosu to a season ending injury, uh, that really hurt them because he was a guy that could set the edge. Uh, Boye Mafe has been okay. Uh, Daryl Taylor is a zero, so they moved Draymond Jones to the outside on the edge to try to set the edge. Um, Jordan Brooks, one of their starting linebackers, may not play this week. He's got a bum ankle. In fact, it sounds pretty doubtful. So I think you guys are going to see your friend Devin Bush in there quite a bit. That's encouraging. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, I'd make the argument that, you know, because Brooks has been playing on a bad ankle for the last month and it finally kind of flared up again against Tennessee, Bush played okay against against the Titans. And, you know, I he looks pretty good next to Bobby Wagner, who has lost a step over the years and doesn't always get there when he wants to, but he still knows where to go. So, yeah, I think they're going to sell out. Honestly, I think they're going to do what they can to stop the run. And, like, hey, if Rudolph beats them and Pickens makes a play against Woolen or Witherspoon or Trey Brown, all guys, they feel, Michael Jackson, they feel real confident in their four corners. Um, I, I I think that they'll just live with that along the way, but they're going to have to they're going to have to get better at the line of scrimmage point of attack, and and I think they will. They're a funny team. You mentioned what the high points of, of Pittsburgh this year haven't been. You know there haven't been many, or it's kind of been hard to find. I, I looked at just 
and listen, we all look into deeper stats now than, than what the NFL gives us in game notes and things like that. But my goodness, if you look at Seattle's rankings, they are in the high teens, mid to low, late 20s in almost every statistical category offensively and defensively. And you just ask yourself, how in the hell are these guys eight and seven? And I think you could probably say the same thing about Pittsburgh. You know, outside of probably Seattle having a distinct quarterback advantage with Geno as opposed to, God, who would have thought that a year ago? Geno over, over uh, you know, whatever they throw out there for the Steelers. These are two really similar teams in terms of how they are sitting where they are in the standings. So when you say they got confidence in their uh, cornerbacks, I guess that means that Artie Burns isn't playing much? <laughs> he he plays uh, a nickel role uh, when they kind of play more. But now again, this was because of injuries. Yeah, with Adams out and and uh, with Witherspoon out, Artie. If if Witherspoon plays, you won't see uh, twenty three out there. I can tell you that right now. But Artie played okay last week. You know he he's he's just kind of just a guy. The corners they feel the guys they feel confident are Michael Jackson started seventeen games last year but lost his spot. Uh, because of, because Trey Brown came back healthy. Trey Brown, number 22. Uh, Reek Wollin is starting to get better. Boy, he had an incredible rookie season. People were pissed out here when he didn't win rookie defensive rookie of the year. He kind of had a sophomore slump, but he's coming on again. Long, athletic guy, number 27. Fastest guy in the team, that and that means over DK. Um, has a hard time tackling sometimes. Maybe not a willing tackler sometimes, but slightly, slightly built. But he's also had a shoulder issue. But if he's healthy... You know, those guys, they feel really good about their corners. Diggs has played better as of late. I think Diggs has played better as of late because, frankly, Jamal Adams hasn't been in there, and it's been Julian Love. So, yeah, they feel good about their secondary. I think their issues have been, honestly, in the front seven. Most important question, Ian, do I take Washington on Monday night? Well, you're asking a guy who's a Wazoo alum, a Washington State alum, <laughs> part of the part of the brand new pack two conference that we're so excited about out here with Oregon state. Uh, Washington is the evil empire, Tim. They are a bad, bad people. They, we don't like them at all. I say that I'm a little bit in the minority in Seattle. Uh, I would, I want Texas to win. I want Sark after dark to haunt his former team <laughs> in the worst way. I can't even tell you how much I want that to happen, but uh, I did vote Michael Penix as the Heisman for a Heisman. I, I voted him number one. I think he is, the biggest difference maker in college football in the country. He is crazy accurate. Uh, he's a fun player to watch. Roma Dunze is the best wide receiver. Sorry, Harrison, not even close. Roma Dunze, best wide receiver in the country. If they protect him, which they have all year, um, Penix is going to make life hard on, on Texas, but that Texas front's no joke. So I, honestly, I think it's going to be a hell of a football game. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, we can complain all we want about you know who's in and Florida State and everything else. I think those two games, those two matchups are going to be absolutely fantastic on Monday. What do you think about Penix as an NFL guy? I, I, I think he'll be good. I, look, God, look at the guy starting this weekend, Tim. I, he's better than probably half of those guys, I think, right now. But the thing with Penix is he's, he's never, ever been under center. And I think that's sometimes overrated because a lot of guys now are in shotgun all the time in the NFL anyway. So let's take that off the table. But I know when he goes to Senior Bowl – that uh, that Nagy and those guys have already said, you know, under center, see what you can do in that type of offense is the first priority to see what he can do. Uh, very accurate. You can move him off his spot. He'll still be accurate. Uh, but there's a lot of people that are curious about what he can do in a situation with, you know, when he has to get to a second and third read uh, against an NFL defense, when he doesn't have massive, massive advantages in the wide receiver uh, core, which he does right now. His three receivers, 
they're they win every week. Uh, Dunze, McMillan, Polk, they are they just win every week. I don't want to doubt him. I, I think, but I don't think he's a first round pick. I, I think he's a guy that you're going to see go. I think he's the fourth, fifth ranked ranked quarterback right now. Um, I, I think he'll be a good quarterback in the NFL. Has the potential to be great. Uh, in the right situation with the right offensive coordinator, but he's got to have weapons around him. And I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by it because, like I said, a, a Dunze, Polk, and McMillan win every battle as wide receivers against most of the secondaries they see. And, and the other thing is, Panix hasn't been touched a lot. His offensive line was just named the best offensive line in the country. It's the, I think it's called the Jill Morris Award, I believe. And, and they're every bit that. So he's going to have to prove some doubters wrong. But hell, when I look around at who's starting in the, in the league this week in the NFL – yeah, I don't have any doubt they'll be collecting NFL paychecks for a long time. Ian, thanks a bunch. It's going to be a fun weekend for football out there in Seattle for both reasons. We appreciate you taking some time to talk to us about the Seahawks-Steelers game, and we'll do it again soon, all right? Great catching up, Tim. Great to hear your voice, man. Happy holidays and a happy new year to you. Ian Furness from KJR Radio in Seattle. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu.